Welcome to my Idaho friends. I am your host, Jaime Lima, and we will be having conversations with business owners and centers of influence throughout the state of Idaho. Please make sure you follow us on our YouTube page and our Instagram, and I hope you enjoy the show. Cheers. All of the hours and all of the work um, feels really, really cool. And also just makes me, it makes me emotional too, because that ability to be paid comes from our community, period, point blank. Yeah. Um, all of our dollars, all of our grant dollars have come from organizations that are really involved locally, like the Pride Foundation, Idaho, Idaho um, Conservation Voters, um, the Women's Charitable Foundation, you know what I mean? So it's not, it's, it's, it's folks who are right here, like this, the same people who we like hang out with and, and yeah. grocery shop with and, and do work in the community with. And it's just, it, it's an, a really interesting feeling to, to know that like this money that I'm getting, you know, um, and the ability to continue to do this work um, at a better pace <laughs> um, is literally coming from the folks that I call neighbors and my friends. So it's really cool. Awesome. Okay. Thank you yeah. so much for sharing, for being open, for, for yes. being you and, and all the work that you do. Um, being a leader is no joke. You get, no. All the, you get all the blame and you, yeah. uh, when things go wrong and you give all the accolades when things are going right. Mm -hmm. And the accolades go to your team, uh, which yes. you continue to mention. Um, so shout out to them too. Yeah, Willie um, and Jesse and Austin are the best yeah. humans. Yeah. For sure. And uh, there, there's not enough time for me to put into like a short couple of sentences to tell you like, you know, not, it is, it is hard work and it, it is very thankless. It is continuous and it's also generational. Yes. Um, just because it's new, it doesn't mean that it hasn't been going on in other places throughout all of our country and, yeah. and then some. And to see the disconnects and the reconnects and having somebody like you and your team jump in and then being able to do what you do in such a short amount of time is nothing short of amazing. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you to everybody in Inclusive Idaho. And my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thanks. Thanks. If you're watching, again, Inclusive Idaho, where can we find you? Instagram, Facebook, online. We're relaunching our website on the 24th, though. When you're watching this, it will be on YouTube. You will see the link for anything and everything inclusive Idaho. Please learn. Please get involved. The resources are out there. There's really no excuse. Thank you so much for uh, thank you so much for watching. And remember, Idaho, get out there and be kind to somebody. Cheers. Missouri. So born and raised, adopted both times. Okay. All Missouri. Right and then on. as soon as college was over, I got out. And I've lived in Denver. I live in Oregon. <laughs> I've lived in Denver, Colorado. I've lived in Eugene, Oregon back to Kansas City, Missouri. I lived in San Antonio and now I live here, so. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it's different. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> that's a lot of moving around and that's quite the uh, different culture dynamics. Yeah, moving from San Antonio, my husband and I were like, oh my gosh, what do we do? Like, and we had visited Idaho, but like when you, when you like make a choice to make it your home, you're like, oh, <laughs> like we live here now. This isn't just like a five day trip and then we're going back home. Yeah. Um, and San Antonio is um, such like the, it's just such, it's the seventh largest city in the country. Um, I think it's in the 80% of Latinx or Hispanic population. And 
um, their culture is like so deep and so rooted there and everything. And it was, it wasn't even, it's just so, so much a part of what you do in your workspace and the food and like the people. Mm -hmm. And then we moved here and we were like, mountains are really cool and we love being outdoors, but that was a definitely a big, like a big change for us. It's a little vanilla. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not, not the spicy kind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I do I do love it here too. Yeah. Um, I think um, you know I, I can be very biased. Um, again, not about me. We're not gonna go that that rabbit hole. <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know the, the experience of immigrants coming from a different situation and then coming yeah. to a new place and then like here is safe, it's clean and mountains, the outdoors and all that other stuff. So it's just like oh gosh, like, how could you not love it here? And then you're like oh yeah my experience was way right. different mm -hmm. than everybody else's. And it's just something that um, I need to like remind myself and I was completely una unaware when I was younger. So how could you not love it here? It's like right. diversity, there's none. Right, literally. <laughs> like, yeah. I was just yeah. like, I didn't get it, I yeah. didn't get it. Oh, I just got a, I got a little whitewashed a lot. So working on that, but yeah. Um, I think of uh, before we, we um, go into right now, um, Happy birthday, early. Happy yeah, birthday. Yeah, thanks. You thanks. know, um, and I think it's also, uh, I think it's cool, you know, that you highlight it. You know, it's like, yeah, I was 19. Why do I think that needs to perhaps be highlighted is because there's not a great deal of, a lot of young people get involved. Yeah. But involvement can look different, you know, mm -hmm. from, from, from whoever lens you're using, right? Yeah. Um, you know, involvement can be... Perhaps somebody, you know, sharing information on social media uh, involvement can be being involved in the community and actually directly working with uh, marginalized communities, mm -hmm. uh, working in nonprofit work or bringing awareness to you, like your family and like your employer and things along those lines to move the needle. So um, I, I think it is really, really cool because I'm 40. Okay. Right. So, yeah. so uh, you know, and, and I'm trying to move the needles, you know, for the nonprofits that, that I'm that I'm involved with. Uh, but in my opinion, for somebody, you know, such as young and, and that's not like a bad thing, by yeah. the way, and just like not being ageist. Is that, is that even a thing? Yes. You, <laughs> it is a thing, but like, I'm not, I'm not doing that, I promise. Um, you get to turn the needle a whole lot. Yeah. You, you and your team. So just wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit. Would you please tell us what is Inclusive Idaho and what kind of work do you guys do? Yeah, so we started, so most people like know our team or myself, the, the original like community recognition is from when we helped um, organize the vigil. And so Jesse, who's on our team and myself were literally in my living room on a Sunday and said like, hey, let's do something because we are really, really upset about George Floyd. We're really upset about the last everything right <laughs> that's been happening in our country and what's something bigger than we can that we can do than lament in our living room together um and we started putting it out there like we so we created the the space started sending it out um started getting phone calls um and then other community organizers who've been here for a really long time um were like hey you know um let's do this together and so um the Idaho Coalition and a lot of the folks that work there like jumped on and, and helped us make sure 
um, that we have all the things that we need um, around like ADA and having seating space and Ty Simpson jumped on board and, and helped us do a bunch of things. And um, yeah, so a bunch of other community organizers and the Inclusive Idaho team together, um, we were able to pull off this um, really incredible event, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I still literally will be walking downtown and someone will be like, hey, I know you. Um, and it's either Inclusive Idaho or The Vigil. Uh, actually happened last week. And sometimes when it's the vigil, I'm like, wow, people are, I mean, it just reminds you that people were so moved yeah. um, because we're like months in now. Um, and so after, after the vigil, my sister and I sat down and said, what is something that we can do that's bigger than this moment? Like, this is a really incredible moment. Like it was something that brought our community together people really the respect of the idea that we wanted to mourn. Um, and again and again, we continue to hear that people were really moved to start a conversation and change the way they think about things um, and to pursue their own like sort of self-education journey. But what is it that we can do that's bigger? Like bigger than, than just us too. And so that vigil was specifically about mourning black lives um, and elevating the cause of protecting um, black lives and valuing black lives. And so um, we thought, Let's make an organization that not only um, is working to value and protect um, and include black lives, but let's do it for the other folks in our world, in our community, who are constantly being pushed to the fringes. Um, and so when you look at our mission, that's why you'll see like the LGBTQT plus community and BIPOC is also in our mission and women and refugees um, and, and folks with disabilities, because it's not when you think about inclusion, it's bigger than it's bigger than me. It's bigger than you, mm -hmm. and so we wanted to create something that was that we felt like was bigger than us, um, and just our personal like, hey, I'm a black person in America, and I want to, you know, I want to submit this submit this thing for my people, which isn't bad. Like there's space for that, and there's folks in our community that do that, but we wanted to create something that we felt like was a little more a little bit more honoring of the word inclus inclusion or inclusive, mm -hmm. which is what we're called. So that's how it started. Um, we wanted to do something that was more permanent, bigger, bigger than a moment on the Capitol steps and um, something that um, could garner funding and support um, and help us continue to push um, the conversation around inclusion in our state. And so um, we've been doing a lot of things. And recently we actually just decided to take a break um, and sort of reconstruct. And we've been doing that for a little bit, but reconstruct, look, look at who we are, look at what we're doing. Um, and one of our big goals um, now and moving forward is to keep the conversation and keep the pulse going on inclusion in all ways in our state and um, really feeling like that is the key to um, making sure that Idaho like makes progress <laughs> um, mm -hmm. in this way because it's really easy for um, us to get lost in the very specific like heightened moment, right? Um, and then those disappear and we move to the next thing. Um, but our state's really far behind in inclusion. Um, we're so far behind and the, the, our country is far behind, but Idaho is even even further behind. Yep. Um, and it's really frustrating. And, and one of the reasons why is because it's not seen as important by, our, by the majority in Idaho, right? Mm -hmm. um, so when you ask what, what we do, we've been doing a lot of things, but who we wanna be in the future is um, an organization that is really focused on community engagement in all the ways um, in inclusion. We want to be an organization that creates programming and opportunity um, and closes some gaps for folks that identify in underserved or minoritized communities. We want to be a voice around diversity, equity, inclusion for um, our businesses and our leading entities. And um, we want to we want to create social change. That's 
that's who we want to be. That's who we've been. Um, mm -hmm. But that's who, that's what you'll see from us um, as we move forward from today. And we've been able to create a lot of spaces and opportunities and conversations so far. Uh, but we want to be here for the long term, and so that's, that means that we're taking some time right now um, mm -hmm. to look at what that means and what it'll take. Yeah, I would imagine that <clears throat> taking that time is also what's going to help you and your team and, and the mission be sustainable. Yeah. Because um, that was a lot. <laughs> yeah, we're doing, yeah, we've been doing so much, and that's, what, that's one of the reasons why we're reconstructing, because part of, part of our, part of the negative part of doing this work in a space where there's not, like, a plethora of people doing the work. So we have some incredible individuals who have been organizing and doing incredible things in our community and other organizations that have been doing it for so long, but, but now the heightened need and the desire for it um, is so high. Um, and no organization, no individual can do it all. Um, and so honestly, it's us taking the step back and saying like, no, we're gonna do what we know that we can do and what we can do really, really well. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly saying no to some of the things that are really neat and really cool, but we just don't have capacity, right? right? Um, and we need to do what we're, what we're doing, what we set out to do well. That cannot be easy having that conversation on site. No. Yes, yes, and then oh yeah. boundaries. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um okay. What are well let's let's you know, you you guys have now been a nonprofit for how long now? We incorporated on June tenth uh, okay. of last year. So we're been yeah. around nine months ish. Yeah, or so. so so nine months. So in the nine months that, that you guys have been doing all this continuous work, uh, what is it that you have done um, as far as, I want to use the right words here, not just programming, but uh, as far as like, what are the steps that are being taken in order to achieve so many different objectives? I mean, you were mentioning, yeah. you know, bringing awareness yeah. uh, to employers, you know, so mm -hmm. like a higher, like a more diverse group of people. When you have those with, uh, you know, the, the inability to get perhaps to the outdoors and mm -hmm. do other things, you know, yeah. how to make them inclusive. So, yeah, so a lot of our, obviously, if you go on our Instagram, you can see things, but a lot of a lot of what it takes to build a startup is just like working behind the scenes and gathering partners and, and raising money, mm -hmm. which is like taking the most of my time. Um, so because I serve as the ED, I, one, place it upon myself, but generally um, the board and the ED of a nonprofit is... Um, our main goals and objectives is to make sure that we stay stay alive, per se, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so for Inclusive Outdoors, we've been able, that's one of our programmings, um, been able to gather some like really incredible partners um, in organizations across the state, um, like Idaho Rivers United um, and the Wood River Trails Coalition and, and many others, climbing gyms. And so um, creating all of that, um, behind the scenes and then starting to like push out programming and that's been that's taken a while and COVID's been a COVID has been like an unfriend unfriendly item in all of this because when you start something that is so like human oriented face to face um, in the midst of this is really hard to um, see how are we gonna do this like how are we gonna do this this thing that we want to do when we're not even allowed to be with people um, in any capacity um, that's significant, you know, and so that's a challenge, but we're moving out of that and you'll start seeing some programming from us and IRU um, th throughout the summer and moving beyond that, which is Idaho Rivers United. Mm -hmm. um, inclusive counseling is another one of our programs and that's really just us wanting to close some gaps for um, 
the BIPOC and the LGBTQT plus community around making sure they have they see that there's counselor options, um, of folks who have the training, the knowledge, the skill set, um, and the desire and the thinking to counsel those folks well. Um, without bias and prejudice and all of the things that you don't want <laughs> right. when you see counseling. And so, and then also close uh, the opportunity gap there from a financial perspective. So one of the, the one of the ways that we'll best serve, besides being that throughway, is providing um, sliding scale or scholarship to folks um, who identify as part of those communities and uh, need quality counseling. Um, so that's one of the programs that really like, once it's all like formed and really close there mm -hmm. and, and done our, our biggest role will honestly be providing scholarship. Um, and then also alternative resources. So beyond that, we have an understanding, even though none of us serve. So we're also working with mental health professionals. Like we have committees for each of each of the programs that we're launching this year. Um, because sometimes counseling isn't what a person's looking for. Right. And so they have to have alternative resources, but so closing some gaps there, um, but yeah, so so much of our work is behind the scenes. So sometimes right. it's really hard. But again, I think what we have done best and what we do best is community engagement. And I know you follow us on Instagram and you follow yeah. what we're doing um, from a social public facing perspective. Um, and I don't think that anyone would say that we haven't engaged the community because, no. yeah. um, and Black History Month was a great example of that. And we really wanted to be, we really wanted to be the, the organization and organization that was elevating the importance of Black History Month in our state, in our city. Um, and we actually feel like we did that really, really well. Yeah. And, and even at the end, I looked back and thought, why hasn't anybody done this before? Like, why has there never been Black History Month banners downtown? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, this month comes around every year. It's a really great opportunity to, like, um, make Black folks, um, make folks of the BIPOC community feel welcome in this place. And that's part of to what, to me, inclusion is, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I want folks who look like me, um, who identify in underserved identities to come into Boise and feel like they can call this place home and they have space to operate and live and grow here. Yeah. And that's such a simple thing um, that we were able to do among the many other things that like we got so much feedback from folks in the black community that were just like, this is so incredible. Like, I love it. Um, and even I remember whenever the news interviewed us about it, um, I saw people stopping to take photos of them, you know, and that's it's like this really small thing that allows um, a place to be more inclusive on its own and sort of not necessarily organically, um, but really there's no confrontation there, right? Um, you're right. going to walk by it and, <clears throat> and see it and it's going to make you feel a little bit better about living here. No. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I recall um, <clears throat> I had a... I had a friend uh, visit uh, from Brooklyn. She's never been to Idaho. Yeah. And she stopped by in Boise with her friend as she was making, and they were making their way to Oregon. And and, and she's gay. And it was during Pride. Mm -hmm. And she, of course, knows little about mm -hmm. Idaho. Yeah. The little that she does know right. just didn't necessarily make her feel right. very much I wouldn't say welcome, but it was there was an unease about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, well, where are you taking me, and who are we hanging out with? I'm like, yeah, want to see some cool people, and want to do some cool right, things in right. some cool places. You're like, I'm cool. <laughs> you know, and like, you know, and and I know I, I got a, a tremendous sense of pride when she like touches me on the shoulder, and mm -hmm. you know, it's like, you know, and, and it had like all all the all the rainbow flags, mm -hmm. you know, downtown. And, yeah, and then uh, I, you know, we drove. I forget why but we were going down Harrison Boulevard and like the the medium on Harrison Boulevard had like in the neighborhood yeah. like all, all the all, all the rainbow flags and stuff and 
he was a big deal for her. Yeah. And, you know, me, of course, not at times being aware of, of my privilege as a heterosexual man is just like, my gosh, yeah. like, I, I would have never, yeah. of course, you know, like, drink, you know, it's like, okay, like, learning. <clears throat> but it also made me feel very proud and very happy, you know, and even though I, I didn't have a single hand on that, I, I yeah. didn't help, you know, it's just like, I get to essentially, like, hop on on somebody's great work because it's yeah. it's, it's 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 impactful and, and it made a difference and, and she was so much more comfortable and, and so much happier and had a great you know three day weekend over here yeah so you know she's like hopefully gonna come back and visit again <laughs> yeah and that's one of the, the reasons why we're we're reconstructing too is because so much of what we've done thus far we've offered programming we, we've offered a lot of things in that regard like webinars and training opportunities um, but 90% of what we've done is community engagement, which mm -hmm. is tons of labor. Um, mm -hmm. But we do want to move into a phase where we're um, doing programming and things like that. And, and Black History Month showed us that we have the ability to do community engagement really well, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. um, and we started inclusive conversations in that month, which is something that will continue forever. And so that will be a huge piece of our community engagement um, work. But we wanted to create an atmosphere um, in the month of February in Idaho and Boise specifically because that's where we're where, where we're based right. um, that folks hadn't received before or experienced before um, and hoping that it motivates folks in the coming um, months and years to do that same elevating of black history and other like specific months as well as we move into the rest of the year and we hope to do the same thing for some other months in partnership with some organizations and we felt a little more like personally not responsible necessarily, but but um, just as a team, we were like, hey, we're the only like black-led, black-only nonprofit in Idaho. Like, mm -hmm. why shouldn't we be leading in this space? We absolutely should, absolutely should. And for things like Hispanic Heritage Month or Native American Heritage Month, we definitely want to elevate those voices in that month. But maybe just partnering with um, organizations who are led by those folks. And so, like no-brainer we would partner with the indigenous idaho alliance or no-brainer or at least attempt to or no-brainer we would partner with another an organization that is um hispanic-led right um and we would still be able to do because i think part of the inclusion the inclusion piece here in our state is um not folks not really understanding not getting um that elevating those voices that including those folks in literally the space that, that is being allotted for them um, is part of the, the key piece to inclusion. So all this work in a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. I, <laughs> and committees for different groups mm -hmm. partnering with existing uh, organizations yeah. that are already uh, making an impact or trying to make an impact. Um, so is, is, is the path moving forward being, uh, I don't, gosh, Words have meanings. I don't. I almost said like the one shop stop all. Oh god. What I'm trying to say is like, w would it be to eventually become somewhat of like the nucleus, the hub in which like you know we are in need of perhaps these services. Yeah. We can always lean on inclusive Idaho, or perhaps it's more something along the lines of like we are now very clear on our mission statement and these are our pillars and, and this is where we're staying. It's not to be a one-stop shop because we've tried to do that. And it's one of the reasons why. So it, it is to be like, this is who we are. Mm -hmm. We are community engagement. We are social change. 
we are our programs and we are diversity, equity, inclusion. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason why is because we've done the like, we want to do it all. We want to do it all, we want to do everything. Right. And it's really hard to do anything well when you do that. Um, and one of the things that we've done in that is just give funding to where we know that, the, the, that that good work is being done that we can't do, which is really great. <laughs> but we also can't just serve as an organization that funds other organizations because we don't, I mean, we're brand new, we're a startup ourselves. And so right, yeah. um, that's not possible. And we've made, we've made some funding decisions um, and some program decisions that were really, not even really that difficult, just um, put us in a place where it was like, okay, but this really, really needs, this matters more than our bottom line. And um, one of those things was giving COVID relief. And I'm, I'm guessing you probably saw that because you follow us on our, on our socials. Mm -hmm. And um, that was a hard conversation that I had with myself um, because, whew, I'm going to try not to get emotional, but um, mm -hmm. next week is the first paycheck I'll ever get from having worked in Inclusive Idaho. Um, and I quit my full-time job and I quit my part-time job to do it. Um, and it's really hard work. Yeah. And I work 12 to 16 hours every day. I fit in eating and spending a little bit of time with my husband and working out. Um, but if, but if I'm not doing those things, I'm working and it's okay. Like I haven't been upset about it. I haven't been upset about not making money. Um, but it's not lost on me, the reality and the numbers of black women doing this work at all. Um, a black woman working in, in our country and not getting paid for it. And, um, but anyway, when we gave COVID relief, we just thought we have to do something bigger and more than just providing a space for folks to learn how to be better people around, around inclusion and treating people the way they should. I mean, that's a very simple way to say it. Um, and looking at our community and we're, you know, we want to be an organization that's like, what does our community need? And what are the folks who in our community who identify um, and the groups that we're trying to serve need the very most right now? We're entering the holiday season and um, we were deep into the pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. So tons of people had lost their jobs. Um, at that point, a lot of families are just really struggling, trying to figure out what the end of this is. When is the end of this? And um, we received, we were awarded a grant. Um, it was like a community aid grant or something like that. I can't remember the exact name of it. And I went to Whitley and Jesse and Austin and I said, what if we just give it all away? You know, it's like, I know we need it. <laughs> like, obviously, right. um, there's four of us and one of us is getting paid um, part time. And um, they were like, absolutely. There's not even a minute of hesitation on our team's part. And that's um, when I get frustrated with community members, when I get frustrated with folks who disagree with what we do or um, what our position is, when folks like the Idaho Liberty Dogs or the Freedom Foundation write things about us um, or say things about us or spread things about us, it's, it's even more frustrating because I know who the people that I spend time with. I know who Whitley and I know who Jesse and I know who Austin are and I know who yeah. the other organizations and the community members and our volunteers, how much, how much they deeply care. Um, about inclusion and has so little to do with hurting anybody else, right? And everything to do with making sure that every, all of us, every one of us, um, that Idaho is a place that people want to be and can live and thrive. But, um, but anyway, that's one of the things that um, when you think about like, who, who, is, who do we want to be as an organization? You know, um, what is it that we're doing for our community? And giving away money doesn't seem like, oh, that's not really that hard of a thing to do. Um, but 
it wasn't about like, hey, we're gonna give my money and people are gonna like us. It was about what do the people in our community who we're trying to serve actually need, right. you know? Um, right now, today, because that's who we're saying we wanna be, right? Um, and more than our programming or more than another like cool thing to watch or an event or opportunity is um, the communities that we're hoping to serve have been most impacted by the coronavirus, period, point blank. Mm -hmm. The BIPOC community, the LGBTQ plus community, the disabled community, and women especially, refugees, every single person, every single group in our mission statement has been the most adversely impacted by COVID. And so that was one of the decisions that we made that honestly it's probably the best i mean this decision i feel the, the best about and since our organization started but there was also a hope in that that other organizations and folks leading in this in this work um would see and think like that's that's what you do like if it is your mission to serve x y and z right um that goes beyond like what you have in this very structural way right so if i look at fill in the blank nonprofit and they do, maybe they give food or maybe they help um, with domestic violence or maybe they help refugee teens or whatever it is. Um, but we get really, really stuck in sort of like, this is our mission, this is our programs, this is what we do, we don't do anything else besides that. Um, and we wanted to say like, hey, we know this isn't what we do. Like we know that there's no part that was like, hey, we're just gonna give money away all the time um, when people need it. but looking beyond like your like set goal and mission and actually fulfilling the needs of the people that you're trying to serve i think is just a huge part of um yeah a huge part of what you should be doing when you start a nonprofit. Yeah. um and it's really really easy to get caught up in like what is our mission what is our mission um but looking outside of that sometimes it's hard but it's it's super rewarding and that was a life-changing experience for me um and granted, it wasn't like my money. Yes, I got to write all the checks because I'm the ED, um, but which was kind of fun. I mean, we're gonna be real about it. No, but yeah, it's, it's immediate impact. Right, yeah, right. Boom, boom. Um, but reading the reading folks' stories and hearing from directly from the communities that we serve um, about how COVID nineteen has impacted their lives. Um, was just like so heartbreaking, but also I just felt so privileged to be able to like hear um, these like intimate um, or specific details of folks' lives and they didn't have to share, didn't have to share with us. So it was really neat. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> no. um, yeah, the tears, it's, it's who I am. I literally always cry, but it's, yeah. this has just been, it's just been um, the most rewarding thing I've ever done but also that I just work all the time. And so it sometimes can come I, out and- I cannot <laughs> imagine. Talking. Yeah. I cannot imagine. Uh, um, I try to always not be bringing up stories that involve me too much, but yeah. I recall the first time, you know, we met, uh, you know, through through James Long, you know, yeah. over at Barbarian Brewing and you guys were, were getting ready. And, you know, I, I was able, fortunate enough to, just take a glimpse uh, at you guys' mm -hmm. business plan for the nonprofit. Yeah. It's just massive. Yes. It's massive. <laughs> and um, and I remember as I left, I was like, man, I hope they don't think I'm a jerk because I was just asking myself on my way out mm -hmm. to my vehicle, how will this be sustainable? Yeah. And here's the thing. You guys have made it work. Yeah. And it's 
it doesn't get lost to me and I have I thought about it and every time you know I've been reaching out like please please you know get on the show be on the show <laughs> please be on the show yeah it's it's something that I have rehearsed in my head how I was gonna bring that up and how glad I am that I was way off and yeah. way wrong because I thought to myself is like they're gonna burn out and um I bring that up because you know, like you being honest, authentic, and vulnerable mm -hmm. in sharing that very impactful experience, you know, um, and, and helping people that need it, mm -hmm. that help immediately and just boom, making it happen. And then finally, after all this time, being able to, oh, guess what? Get paid for your work. Yes. <laughs> as you should. Yeah. And then some. Mm -hmm. It, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it hits it hits hard because it's really easy and I'm gonna sound old like in this day and age where like you know with you know you you swipe for faces but you also swipe for information right oh they did it that's nice mm -hmm. oh like this is what they got going on well maybe I'll attend that one or maybe yeah, I'll yeah. share it you know um, and not to you know, of course, awareness and, and, and sharing messages and, mm -hmm. and, and bringing, you know, the the, the programs available and, and making them known throughout your network is always an important thing. You yeah. know, that's why we use and leverage social media with any sort of business, whether it's non-profit or for-profit. Yeah. But it, it, it means a lot that you share that because people do not have the slightest of ideas of how consuming the work is because it's, so it's, it's not just your physical energy is your spiritual energy mm -hmm. is your mental health it is your heart all the feelings mm -hmm. that come up and down I got to help somebody I didn't get to help this person right. oh my gosh I get to get this program up and running this volunteer didn't show up yeah oh we started this new partnership now somebody else is changing their mind oh we got new programming yet again that is gonna make a great impact oh and here we are somebody else fighting us tooth and nail for right. trying to do something that is gonna be helpful not just for one small sector of the community but overall everybody because yeah. when women thrive we all thrive when people of color thrive we all thrive when people that are marginalized in any way shape or form mm -hmm. whether it be immigrants or somebody with disabilities and anything in between we thrive and yeah. it has been a challenge for me being somebody in the sidelines you know being a shooter and, mm -hmm. and you know and and doing what i can do because i gotta be honest i cannot do what you do <laughs> i can't yeah. I, I cannot i like like in the way that you are invested, to me, that's amazing. And, and I'm not just saying yeah. that just to pat you in the back, you know, and, and not kudos to you, but also kudos to your partner, to, to your husband, you know, mm -hmm. who has to be there shoulder to shoulder with Who's you. Who's a teacher. Because <laughs> <So. laughs> he's making it rain at the club, right, you know. Exactly. You know? Um, and I, yeah. I, I just want to say this because I'm hoping that somebody's watching this and when they do, it, it starts connecting, you know, those, those thoughts. It, yeah. It is, exhausting work it really is and, and, I, and I think like for me not getting paid isn't sort of like this pat on the back but it's a reminder to folks that like w I only bring it up because I want folks to know that like our commitment to this isn't about like a paycheck or like people knowing who we are but like we live in a place where it's literally so needed 
you know? Um, mm -hmm. And when I made the decision and Whitley and I sat down for a long time and said like, what does this look like? Um, and what will the sacrifice be, right? Um, and the biggest, one of the biggest sacri personal sacrifices was me leaving my job. But um, what will the sacrifice be and how long it would be? And I, when I left my job, I didn't know, right? Um, how long it would be, but part of inclusion work, part of um, building community, part of building equity, which is like such a big part of what we're trying to do too, is um, a lot of sacrifice by the folks who do it. Especially when you're doing it in a place where folks either don't understand or don't necessarily want it. Um, and not when I say folks, I mean majority folks, right? Majority culture in Idaho is not like, yay, inclusion. <laughs> I'm so excited, so thrilled. Um, but that's the thing that is like, well, well we need to be here, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I had a conversation earlier today and two days ago where I said, I'm not even worried about me leading Inclusive Idaho. Like when I sit down in a meeting to ask someone for money for an organization or when I'm writing a grant or when I'm trying to develop anything that brings dollars in so that we're sustained um, now and in the future, it's because I just deeply believe that our organization needs to exist. Um, along with any of the organizations who do any similar type of work in our state. Um, and it's not about us, the people who are part of Inclusive Idaho. It's the notion that we could ever get to a point where we could say, like, with assurance, right, um, that you and I, in whatever year it is from now, can say, like, Inclusive Idaho, and it'd be a fact, right, and not just the name of an organization. Like, that's, that's what we want is we want an inclusive Idaho, which is why we named our organization that, but um, it's gotta be so much bigger than you and um, or than, and than me, but so much bigger than like a personal, like, hey, I want, um, I want to do cool work because this is like really far from cool work. 99% oh, of the time. This is, this um, is dirty. Yes. It's <laughs> yeah, and it's really, it's really hard and really tough and, um, but it's also just incredibly rewarding to, to know, um, of the impact we get to make. Um, someone asked me, I did a podcast recently, and someone said, like, what's like a cool thing that is, um, that has happened or happened that sort of gets you out of bed in the morning? And um, it's without a doubt, like the messages of the communication we receive from folks in the community who, um, one, one thing that keeps happening in particular, which I think is really interesting because we know that folks are moving to Idaho, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's not a secret, we, yeah. all, we all talk about yeah. it. Um, but um, every couple of weeks, maybe even just like once a month or a couple times a month, but it's happened enough that it's become a pattern. Um, we'll get a DM or a message from a black family that moved here and they'll say, and this has been in probably like the last six months, we were looking to move to Idaho and we saw your organization existed and it's what made us make the final decision. And that to me is like so huge. I'm gonna cry again. It's okay. <laughs> but it's like, that's what we want. Like we want to create a place where folks are allowed to be, you know? Um, and allowed to be authentically and not allowed in like, hey, we're allowing them in, but like a place where they wanna live and raise their children um, and be able to do whatever they want and fight for the things they want um, and exist in the way that they want um, without discrimination, without losing their lives, without all of, yeah. all of the stuff that we are currently dealing with right now in the news. Um, and so when people ask me what, that, what gets me out of bed, that gets me out of bed every day. That's the thing, because I really want, if I'm gonna call this place home, I really want it to be home. Um, and I don't want it to be, I don't wanna live in a place and I don't want folks who identify in minoritized communities to live in a place where they're always looking to leave because it's not home. 
Right. Oh. <laughs> shallow, shallow question, then deep, yeah. then deep dive question, yeah. and then shameless plug okay. <laughs> for self-promotion. Yeah. All right. So, so shallow question. Um, is there anything that you would have done differently with uh, with, the, with the nonprofit and your work up until this point? Oh, for sure. There's like a thousand things. Is there, is there, <laughs> is there one or, wow, well, <laughs> is there one um, or yes. two that like, you know? So, yeah, starting a nonprofit's really hard and there's like a thousand rules. Um, so that's always like a factor, but I think just for me personally, leading the organization, like being the face of the organization, I would have taken um, the time to ask more questions, spend more time with folks who um, identify um, as LGBTQ plus and other some of the other communities that we're serving, um, and that's been a, actually been a really good learning point for me, um, just being held accountable for our mission. Um, and I think we could have made a few different, we could have avoided a few potholes um, if we would have been a little more patient in the launching, um, just trying to do everything immediately. And that's okay. Like you learn, um, and you have hard conversations and you, and you, and you move through that. But that's probably a big thing. It's just, just going like a hair slower. Um, but it's really hard to like in the moment do that, right? Cause you're just really passionate and you just want to like see all this change. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really easy to like sort of see your blind spots or see, see your own bias, see your own blind spots or see your own, um, lack of understanding or lack of knowledge, um, about anything. And so that's probably the one thing that I would say from a very personal perspective too, mm -hmm. um, that I would have done differently. Cool. And then just learn a little more about <laughs> starting right. a nonprofit. <laughs> that's a great answer. Deep dive question. Uh -huh. And if for some reason you don't have the answer, no, that's fine too. Um, based on everything you have shared right now mm -hmm. and everything you have talked about, all your goals, the things that are being accomplished, the things that need to perhaps be put on pause for a little bit, yeah. getting funding, getting the, getting yeah. the community engagement core mm -hmm. of, 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 of the nonprofit, you know, and, and have it to be where it needs to be. For how long can Whitney be doing what she's doing at the pace that she's doing it right now? Oof, not much longer, I'll tell you that. And it's um, probably days, to be honest, which is which is a part of the big reason why we're taking a break, but um, my board has been really supportive of me, of our organization. My board is the reason why I'm getting paid, to be frank, um, because they basically said, you have to get paid. Like, mm -hmm. um, and I said back, but, 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 right? Um, which is not the right answer. And I, even as I'm sa even as I said it, I knew it wasn't the right answer, but it's just, it's my self-progress, but not a lot longer. And um, it was me realizing that, like the pace that I'm going, my, our, our inability as an organization to like, like we have this foundation, but it's like wobbly still because mm -hmm. we keep piling on and we keep saying yes. Um, and our capacity is the exact same as it was the day one. <laughs> right. Um, and so um, being a leader is really hard. It's yeah. really hard. Um, and definitely, honestly, this break right now is the toughest decision I made as far as our organization goes. Um, and it doesn't even mean that I won't be working. It just means I won't be taking like new meetings um, and I'll be spending a lot of time 
the first part of my day um, doing like strategy and development and stuff like that that um, honestly, frankly, I haven't had a lot of time to do. But when you ask me like this pace that I'm at, um, mm -hmm. a week. I mean, that really. I mean, that's, no, no, this, this I, break is is like that needed. It's that yeah. that that necessary. <laughs> Um, and it's one of the reasons why I get so emotional about being paid. Not, not so much that, um, I'm not eating, right? Um, obviously, <laughs> um, it's not about that. It's just more so that, um, feeling like that there is a level of sustainability in our organization, like getting to the point where I don't wake up and say like, are we going to be here next month? Are we going to be here? Um, in six months and um, being okay with the idea that I don't have every dollar figured out right now um, today and just also feeling like that like even this one paycheck like, even if I didn't get paid in um, April like there's some monetary reward for all